Hello and welcome people to the latest episode of the Two Halves Show. Joining me again this week is Osama. Osama, how you been, my bro? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I want to give a big shout out to everyone that's been supporting us over this first month um, since we've launched. Everyone who's listened, who shared it, and uh, long may it continue. Osama, been a big, big week of sports, my guy. Big week. Yeah. A lot of things have happened. A lot of things to look forward to still. A lot to discuss. So what we'll do, uh, we'll jump right in. And we'll do it by looking back at this weekend of Premier League action. The standout game, I think it was fair to say, was probably Manchester United versus Arsenal um, yeah. on Sunday evening. Uh, well, first of all, even as a mm. neutral, what a performance by both teams. What a game to watch uh, as an entertainment value. It was something else, I thought. Yeah, I think um, it was a beautiful game to watch as a neutral. No stress, none of them. Uh, I thought Arsenal played some quality football. Um, first half, second half. I thought Arsenal had an outstanding game. Um, I thought they played really well. Uh, both offensively, uh, defensively was a bit shaky at times. I think majority of the second half. They were yeah, just... listen, bro. Listen, number one, obviously, this is the Twitter, mm. Twitter derby, right? But mm. bro, it was it was bro, a really good game to watch. Yeah, but like the, the discourse was just so jarring for me, mm-hmm. and and this idea that you know Arsenal played well offensively, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent, they were really good. But this idea that because of that, the defensive performance doesn't matter is very ridiculous no, no, no. to me. From management and players, by mm. the way. I thought, as a neutral, great game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. End-to-end, prime Barclays, great game to watch. Appreciate Especially that it was United-Arsenal, two traditional clubs. Uh, it was an amazing game to watch. From a United standpoint, I, I saw two parts to it. I saw how Ten Hag wants to play, but how Ten Hag has to play because of certain players. Not having, have, yeah. Which is, you know, letting the team kind of come on to them a bit more but that first 10 minutes was an example of how he wants to play yeah and then the goal we scored even like oh, I've seen some ridiculous people oh United all their goals are on the counter attack when it, that goal that first goal we scored mm. every single United player touched the ball even David De Gea okay which says something mm. 18 passes uh, to get the goal and, and that that is kind of the the aim of how Ten Hag wants to play he almost wants to take the ball all the way up the pitch bring it back create some space for the pass um, and, and move on to the final third I thought it was, it was a really good finish from uh, Anthony uh, on his debut. Yeah, listen, I don't think obviously he had I don't an think amazing he performed, performance. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna obviously be a decent player. I, th- from my opinion, I think he gives me nanny vibes, where he's gonna wow you and uh, sometimes and yeah. frustrate you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I think he's got that that tenacity that he could always give you a risk of getting sent off. Um, Reason being, I think his previous pass has got a few red cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he so, likes to tackle. You could see it even like the way yeah. he tracked back. He was, he was proper diving into tackles, wasn't he? I, I, it's going to be interesting how he settles in, I think. As a United fan, even though I don't think he's as good as some people think he is, mm. I think the good thing about him is he gives us options. Now, you can do so many things with that attack. You have different profiles. You have runners. You have dribblers. You have passes. You have so on. I think the biggest thing you guys have now is depth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, depth. And I think that was a, a problem that Arsenal potentially might face this season. Yeah. They were trying to sign Douglas Luiz on the last day of the window because they have a bit of shortcoming in the midfield when Shaka or Party or yeah. whoever's going to be in that central midfield doesn't play. I think they can fall a bit short. And I think Douglas Luiz would have been a really good signing for them just in terms of giving them, um, giving them numbers. Speaking of the transfer window, I want to get your opinion on who you think 
with the winners and losers. It's been a big window for many clubs. And I think the reason why we've seen the level of spending, especially in the Premier League, is because of the cap that's going to be coming in next season from UEFA. So I want, I want to get your opinion on the transfer market as a whole, especially that the Premier League teams have spent the most they've ever spent yeah. this summer. But what are your kind of thoughts generally? And who do you think was the winner in this transfer window? Um, I'd say a lot of teams, they kind of forked out all the money that they could this summer because obviously, like you said, um, with the market being capped next year. So with the prem money that they have in terms of the TV rights and so on, teams like Nottingham Forest, they knew, okay, this could be our only season in the prem. Let's splash the money. At least we don't have any regrets. In the end, I mean, I think that's stupid to sign that many players. That's two separate squads. You've got. It's one of them though. It either works amazingly or or doesn't work at all, isn't it? I think they took competition for places is a bit too much for me. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, to be fair, I think from what I heard, they lost a lot of players in the summer as well, uh, which which might have been a, a reason mm. for it. It's interesting that you highlight them because I think definitely teams at risk of relegation would be considered as potential losers. Yeah, because I, um, I think Fulham did it a couple of years ago where they themselves spent a lot on players. Yeah. They didn't gel together as a squad and then obviously they I flopped. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a big summer from them as well, to be fair. But for me, I have to say the the losers within the Prem or within the majority of the transfer window would have to be Leicester City. Yeah. I think that's as, a good as, point, as bad as it sounds for Leicester fans, they've lost a lot of key players that they, they had. A fan, I think, is a quality player lost um so aren't you i think he's going to galatasaray They've yeah got the i think the reason for leicester is obviously because their owners are going through a tough time financially with their other company so they're not really so spending they've been forced to sell players and not yeah. sign anyone i know i think i agree with you i think their transfer window could be the reason they get relegated this season because they're already struggling yeah i want i want to get who do you think was the bargain of the summer not necessarily you know the best player but the bargain of the summer who do you think will turn out to be someone who's most value for money in their team. And this could be outside the Prem as well, by the way. I think, yeah, outside the Prem, I'd have to say Paolo Dybala. I think for Roma getting him on a free transfer from Juventus, things had a quite a few years there. Kind of gone on like the downhill. I think he'll he'll find himself at uh, Roma being like the I star think, man. I think the, the, the setup there is really good. Him and Tammy, I think, will be very good working together yeah because I think you can see the link up already in, yeah, in the games yeah. they've played already this season I think for me if, if you always ask me like the bargain of the summer and I know this sounds biased but I think Christian Eriksen bro oh my god okay on what? a free transfer yeah think, but so is the think about it yeah but mm. how do you, who do you think is more integral to the way that the team they've just signed for is going to play I think with Eriksen I feel like we've already seen a crazy uh, impact because of yeah. the way he plays from deep and like I said, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm biased. I'm a United fan, so I'm probably biased with this opinion. But I think on a free transfer, Christian Eriksen is a very smart piece of business that not only adds depth, but also gives you quality in crucial moments. Yeah. I think we've seen that in a couple of games already for United. But I also think he's the kind of signing that, as he gets older, can easily transition to becoming a squad player. And he will never demand a starting place. He's not the kind of player that might come with that demand. But you know he'll be reliable. Yeah, one matter, but maybe not as steep of a decline. As mentioned before, though, we were talking about the best and not the bargain. For me, best easily, easily, Erling Haaland. Yeah. I, I think, I, this. I, I, you know, we're watching the Champions League as it is right as we're recording this. 
and he's already scored against Sevilla as well. Like this guy is a machine. And I mentioned it on the last podcast. I think he's going to be the guy that wins Manchester City, the Champions League. But bro, this guy, he's just a cheat code. Like, and this is him, by the way, still not adapting to Pep's style. All his goals have been in the six-yard box or in the area. He's still got a way to go. He is going to put scary numbers up. He's already scored 10 league goals in six games. He's just so good, and I'm so jealous that we couldn't get him in 2020 because he's just a machine. He is genuinely a machine. And I know he has injury worries, but as it stands, I think him definitely. I 100% agree with you. I think what most pundits and fans say, oh, you know, give him a season, let him get used to Prem, he's taken it by storm already. Like, exactly. like if you compare him to Nunes, he's not had the best start. Um, I think people have been a bit unfair on Nunes. The guy, I mean, he's played three games and he's scored two goals already. Like, no, I no, think I, people I, are unfair mm. on him. But I agree with you. I mm. think Haaland just... But I think, like, Haaland is different to Nunes. He thrives for the pressure. Like, yeah. I think even as a Liverpool fan, when he missed that couple of chances in the community shield, he just laughed. It just shows his demeanour. Like, this guy is not afraid of missing a couple of chances because he knows he's going to bag. Like... That for me is scary in itself because this guy's got confidence for days. Like this guy, yeah, I agree. He's just gonna absolutely break records in the Prem. I think for sure. Uh, he's definitely gonna break a record or two in his time, bro. I think he. I don't think he will stay at Manchester City for five, ten years or something like that. But I think if he does, he will easily break their record, yeah. declare his record, and so on easily. Um, coming into a bit more of a controversial one. Yeah. Who do you think's the flop of the summer? Who do you think's a player that's signed for a team and you think isn't going to perform? Because let's be honest, the reality is 50% of transfers to every club eventually don't work out. Mm. Who do you think is a player for you that isn't going to work out? I think there's a few. I'd have to be Romelu Lukaku for me. Inter? For Inter. Interesting. So you think him going back there isn't going to work out like the first time he went there? I think, you know what, first time it worked out, everyone was used to the way of play. They had Conte. He loved playing in the Conte. Okay, so now that he's got Inzaghi, you think yeah. that it's not going to be I think the same? Inzaghi took him in hoping that he can recreate what him and Martinez did in the couple of seasons beforehand. Yeah. But I think him having that shocker season at Chelsea, his confidence is at all-time low. And he wants to start playing games because obviously... I think majority of players nowadays, they want to play as many games as they want just to yeah, get into walk-up. It's going to be interesting to see if he stays there beyond next summer, I think, obviously, because he is think, just alone. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think they're going to keep him. But I think him and Martin has worked so well first time around. It'll be, I, I do wonder how he will do. I think he's only he's got one or two goals since he signed the season but, now. Okay, so, biggest game of the season against AC. Doesn't even get a look. Yeah, but AC Milan, you have to realise how good AC Milan are. No, no, uh, 100%. I think they're, they're one of the top sides in Syria. But for the you to top be... top side? Yeah, champions, of course. What about yourself? Who's the worst sign for you? This will sound very unfair because he's actually not played too badly since he's signed. But when I saw the... And I know, shout out Mahmoud, he, he definitely disagrees with this. But I think Kolobali for me. Wow. Okay. And like I said, not just this season, bear that in mind, but you think he's for, for me, you've given a 30-year-old centre-back a five-year contract for £300,000 a week. It just worries me, especially that right now they have two 
older defenders, and I know they've got Fofana now in that back three, but a genuine question for me is how long does the back three last if Tuchel isn't going to stay there the whole season, especially with the recent results? I have question marks over Claude Barley. Today, he didn't look too good at all for Chelsea mm. against Dynamo Zagreb either. I just have question marks around that one. And I, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to flop this year. But I think in two, three years' time, we might look back and, and think that wasn't the signing for them to do. I think Koulibaly's class. I wanted him at United in 2019 when we were linked with Just him. before, yeah. But I think he's come to the Prem a bit too late in his yeah. career. And I'm, I might be proven wrong about this. Um... But yeah, I do have some some question marks um, on on the Koulibaly signing. Moving on to the uh, prediction side of things, so we made our transfer kind of predictions. But but I think well, I wanted to wait uh, until the transfer business was done yeah. to make Premier League predictions in in any way because I think up till the last day, signings can affect it. If Arsenal got Douglas Louise on the last day, that's going to affect my. My, my my prediction for where they they end up. So listen, whatever we say, not we're gonna, gonna have agree, yeah. we're gonna have someone's club, not where they want them to be, and people are gonna disagree, and that's fine. And this is just predictions, and you know we're biased. Of course, we're biased. At the mm. end of the day, we're all biased. But um, I want to start off with the Premier League. So Sama, give me your three teams to be relegated from the Premier League. Yeah, I think easy choice for me. Number one has to be Bournemouth. I think they lost Scott Parker too early in the Prem. I think yeah, him having a different mindset to what the board wants showed a lot in his interviews. I think the second would have to be Forrest for me. Really? I, I know it's a, it's a big one, but I think 21 that or 22 surprises. players, that's too many players to bring in. That Do they have enough time to gel together as a squad? Because think about it, they're gonna, some of them are going to go play in the World Cup, others will stay in. Yeah, but to be fair, wouldn't you say that uh, a team like Forest, most of their squad won't go to the World Cup, therefore they have time to gel over that break? Wouldn't that be an advantage? Uh, no, you could take it as an advantage, but for example, think about Lodi. I think he's going to go to Brazil squad. Um, key first team stars, I think, would make it to their squads. Uh, and yeah, lastly, I have to say, it could be a surprise, but I'd, I'd Honestly, put Leicester there. Yo, okay, okay. 100%. I think it's either between them or Wolves, but I'm pushing more towards Leicester. I think reason being, Rodgers is kind of annoyed as, with the board as to look. He's not had the spending that he's wanted. The squad's shaky as well. And yeah, it? like yeah. They, they don't have squad depth that they need, so they're going to obviously get the youngsters from the under-18s and the 21s to come in. I agree with you on Bournemouth. I think that's the most obvious one. Even though... Funnily enough, you look at what, how they've done so far in the Premier League and, you know, seven points from six games is not bad for a team but, that's yeah, but, just come up. But I agree with you. I think the manner in which they lose games, mm. the sacking of Scott Parker after losing to teams he'd expect to lose to, their defence, is atrocious. I think this is a cash money team that's 20th. Not even just going down, 20th, mm. 100%. Um, I was going to use them as my surprise. Uh, Leicester, but then I'm going off teams right now with the setups they have right now with the managers they have right now. Of course, a manager could get sacked and you have yeah. a new manager bounce and so on. But I'm saying if we were to carry on to the end of the season with the managers and the players as they are right now, for me, Aston Villa. Wow, okay. That's a different one. Bro, Gerard as a manager is getting exposed in the Premier League. 
Frank Lampard at least is showing me some steel. Frank Lampard is at least showing something to the fans. Like I don't see any Everton fans calling for 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 Lampard to go. They're singing his name. That shows me there's a connection at least with Villa fans. They don't have that with Gerard. And when a team is struggling and there's that at least that can carry a team through a tough period. Yeah. The way they you know gather around before a game and so on. Okay. With well. Villa, I. It's more of a managerial thing than a player's thing. And I do think a change of manager would, would probably see them stay up. But they they worry me. The way... I just see no fight from them sometimes. No, I, I agree with that. But I think against City, they at least showed some but in that See, in that game, I thought it was more of a case of City not performing as well as they, sh- they should. Enough, rather yeah. than Villa actually, you know, performing an amazingly well. And you could argue Villa, you know, deserved to win it with a Coutinho goal with VAR. Third one for me, mm-hmm. and and I, I initially said that these guys were going to stay up comfortably, but I just look at the amount of teams doing well this season, and I have to put them there. And I think Fulham, I think oh, I don't know about that. Listen, with Mitrovic, they could easily not not get relegated. Yeah, but apart from for me, the the worry is if you don't have Mitrovic, if he gets injured for any period of time. They have nothing. They've just and signed some quality players, to be fair. They have. Listen, they've Transfer got some n- nice players. And Dan James has gone there on loan. You know, he was about to go to Spurs before they came in mm. for him. So, Willian. Willian, I, I, I wonder how he'll perform because he's coming back from, you know, playing in, in South America again. I question marks on the Willian signing, I'll be honest. I think it's the experience that they want. Yeah, maybe. Um, moving on to the top six. Now, listen, you can give me them in whichever order you want. This is, I'll go first with this one. So my top six, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do them in a in a weird way. I'm not gonna go up or down. I'm gonna go do a bit of both. So okay, for me, winners Manchester City. I think I think with Erling Haaland, cash money. I do think they're gonna be pushed at some parts of the season, but I think with him, they have a weapon that is just so ridiculous. I think you. Also- I think they win the, the the league. Second, I have Spurs. I wow. Think, listen. Bro, second. Listen, they got Conte, right? The Conte factor always will at some point fall apart. But they're in the season that it doesn't fall apart. Their signings have been so smart. They've built a squad, not a first 11. One or two of their summer signings gets into that 11. They've built a squad. But to have Richarlison as an option off the bench is crazy for me. And I think they have a very good squad. They have a very nice Champions League group that they can rotate in if they need to. I think out of all the other teams, I think they got closest to Manchester City. I'm not saying they're going to necessarily yeah. challenge. Mm, it I, is Spurs. I disagree with that, to be fair. But I have, have them second. We'll come into yours, don't worry. Yeah, You'll yeah, get yeah, your chance. Yeah, say no more. Uh, I have them second. Now, I, I'm going to come to fourth before I come on to third. Because... Third, I think, is the question mark. Fourth, I think United get fourth. But I don't think they get it comfortably to a point they get third. I think they, they get fourth. It'll be a battle, but I think they'll get fourth. Now, third for me, I have three questions about who finishes third. Okay. Each question for one of the other teams. Number one, Arsenal. Can they show me that their early form isn't just against bottom half teams and they can carry it through for a whole season? That's mm-hmm. the Arsenal question. If they can do that, they get third for me. Okay. Liverpool, can they show that what they're going through right now is just a blip and not them underperforming like they did two seasons ago? 
if they can show me that, then they're third. And Chelsea, if they can show me that they've signed quality players this summer that are going to perform and help the team settle and get rid of the cobwebs uh, that are there this early season, I think for the, for me, them third. What I'm going to do, I'm going to pay respect to the team who, and every sound judgment is telling me that this is the wrong option. But I'm going to give them the respect that they've earned this season, and I'm going to say... Arsenal. Arsenal third. Oh United my fourth. God. Wow. I feel like that is going to come back to bite me. But and you've not put Liverpool in the top four. Right, it's listen. Ridiculous, bro. You're taking this on listen. current form, yes? No, no, no. For me, it's it's current form, but it's mm. also for me what's more likely. Okay. Liverpool regaining the form easily, or Arsenal continuing the form. And for me, it's like this: if Arsenal can beat every bottom half team comfortably and get some draws and wins in the in the other games, yeah and get the odd win against the top six, they don't even need to beat any of the top six and they, will, they might still have enough points. I'm only doing this, by the way, to give them the respect for what they've done so far this season. Fair enough. But there is a question mark there. October is the question for me with, mm. with Arsenal. October is the toughest month they've had in four years. They play Thursday, Sunday. They've played Liverpool, City, Spurs in a row. If they can get past October then I'll give them the respect they deserve and I think they'll get third. If they get to the end of October and they've fallen apart, I think Liverpool finish third. I think, I think Chelsea, by the way, are sixth. I think Chelsea mm. are not going to recover. I think Tuchel's getting sacked. I think for me, it's Liverpool or Arsenal. I think for me, the biggest question with Arsenal is they've never been consistent since one game. Yeah, exactly. That's the question mark the, the, with me. That's can, why can I they say come over it's a wait and season? see. I don't know. When, when we record it at the end of October, mm. I'm gonna, I might come back to this and say, yeah, Liverpool are making top four. Okay. But if, if Arsenal get through that period and they're still up there, then I give it to them. What about you? Now, obviously you're a Liverpool fan. Yeah. So uh, what's, your, what's your top four? Looking at how the season has started, I'd have to say for me easily, City are the team to beat. I think they're champions. Yeah. I think most likely they will carry on and stay as current champions. I don't see any team coming in and rolling them over. They just look too good at every position that they're in. Yeah. defensively midfield they've got quality players there and obviously got strikers Haaland and Alvarez secondly I'd have to disagree, disagree with Spurs so you, you don't think the Conte factor I, plays I, enough I, of honestly, a role I think you, he, honestly Conte is an elite manager but I still think even from his interviews he still wants three to four transfer windows for him to get the right players in I think he's bought the players in that could do well for him this season but I don't think they're long-term players that but, he knows that he But needs. don't you think they've shown shown very, very good form this season as well? They, like, they have shown form, but have they blown teams out of the way? Of course not. I think the lower teams, yeah. I think against the big boys, against Chelsea. Chelsea outshone Spurs. I think they were lucky to get a draw. But they got a draw in that. So that's, that's what pure I'm saying. Luck. The Conte, it's not luck. Okay. For me, it's not luck. The VAR, remember where he pulled his hair? Yeah, I know. But at the end of the day, listen, the referee is going to make I have decisions to for you and against you. But for me... They have a certain character about them, bro. Yeah, uh, no, I think Conte, with, with Conte, he gives them something different that they've not had for many years. I see. What about third, fourth? So I'd have to put Liverpool second. I still so think... So you have Liverpool second? Yeah, of okay. course. I still okay, think... So I'm guessing you have Spurs third? Uh, Spurs, I think they make it fourth for me. Okay. Okay, so who do you have third? Now, for me, yeah, it's between United and Arsenal. I don't think Chelsea are going to get top four. This yeah, I, th- I agree with Chelsea. Yeah. So you think you, so you, you I, think 100% Liverpool are going to f- somehow think, yeah. recover and finish second? I think, look, they've had nine to ten players out from the start of the season. 
six of them but isn't are that first similar team stars. To two seasons ago. No, but that's throughout the season they've had three to four centre backs are all injured. They've had to go to the under twenty ones to get them in. Now I think Liverpool they've got Thiago coming in. Jota's back. Nunez is final back from his suspension. They've got a lot of quality players that would come in and make a massive difference to the squad they have now. I think Thiago coming back will make a massive difference in the midfield. More creative players like Salah will have better chances to score this season. What through the help say, of Thiago. What I will say about Arsenal in comparison to, for example, sorry, Liverpool in comparison to Arsenal, fixture list is night and day. Yeah. Fixture list is, is night and day. Like, the hardest team Arsenal faced before United, obviously, was um, Palace. No, Palace oh, in the yeah, first game. Yeah. And even in that game, I don't know whether you watched it, but in that game, Palace should have easily got a draw in that mm, second half. They were unfortunate, yeah. You know, Liverpool, Fulham, okay, promoted team. Arsenal also played them. Palace, also another team they played. Then you played United. Bournemouth, you blew them out of the water. And Newcastle, who are a really good team this yeah. season, were going to push... For that seventh, sixth spot. I think for me, ahead of him at six. Ahead of Chelsea? Yeah, ahead of Chelsea. Honestly, oh, I didn't see that think coming. about it. Chelsea have got European games. Newcastle, they're not in any European leagues yeah. or competitions. They can easily take the rest within the midweek, have a few FA Cup games. They have a week rest compared to Chelsea. So with oh, okay. that... Okay, so the, the, you know, the, the lack of midweek games, you think... Listen, I yeah. think Chelsea really is a question mark for them. You have the gelling situation with them as well. The number of players they've brought in just seems like the players aren't putting in the effort at the moment when I, don't I watch know them play. Yeah. I, I agree with you the, the don't top four. I do think they make sixth. Um, but Newcastle, that's an interesting shot. Mm. I'd, I, I, low-key, I would not mind that because I like to see a bit of a bit of switch up. Yeah, a little difference. Um, it'd be, be interesting to see. So, you know, I'm going to push you on third because you've given us your top six, but you said United or yeah. Arsenal and the other fifth. If I had to ask you right now, to, one ooh. team, who are you saying? Uh, I'd still stick to Arsenal. You think you think okay. I think United will go fifth for me. Okay. I think okay. I see. So you you so you think Spurs? I, I think for me, yeah, Spurs Arsenal fourth, third, Arsenal third, Arsenal United finishing fifth. above Spurs for the first time in six years, seven years. I think now Crazy. with the difference of them having Jesus as their main number one striker, I think that makes a massive difference. But and then, you can okay, see let, the me, let me ask you this question: mm. How many Arsenal players get into the Spurs eleven? I think for me. Um, on current form, a lot majority of Arsenal players get into Spurs. I disagree. I don't think a single Arsenal. Okay, if who, going who goes in? Who goes? In? No, no, no. Okay, if you're gonna go through form, yeah. there's not a much oh, difference. Between Saliba them. for me easily goes in. I don't know, bro. I think uh, when you say most of their team, let's, I have let's to disagree. That's not even taking consideration. I Martinelli. Take, I take Martinelli had a quote ahead of Son, Son Charleston or Kulusevski. Who Son right now? You know how ridiculous you sound saying you take Son, you take Martinelli over Son. You, I think you Arsenal re- fans would love me for this. Okay, but, but do you, Arsenal fans would love you for it. Yeah. yeah. You're nuts. All right. Okay, so give me your top scorer. I think that everyone knows. Like, I mean, he's already stupid. one top scorer, I think, isn't it? Haaland, yeah. Yeah, Haaland, like, without a doubt. I think that's an easy one for us. I don't even think we have to go any deeper into that mm. one. Um, this is what I want. So your rising star for this season, your, your, your player, young player that's going to break through this season. In the Premier League. I think for me, as a Liverpool fan, I have to say Fabio Cavalio. I don't Man. know why. He gives me this Felipe Coutinho vibes when he came yeah. to Liverpool. I think the little small drop of the shoulders that he gives to players, his knee, his nippy, he's sharp in front of goal. And he's got that creative side to him. So I'm looking forward to watching him play. Listen, bro, you stole my idea. I was going to say Cavallo as well. I think he's a baller. I think he's a very versatile player that can play as an 8 or a 10. 
Oh, he even as a left play player. as a centre forward in some games as well. I think he's a very, very good talent. He, that he you, offers you something different. I think he's that good of a talent that the older he gets, the more Liverpool should change their system to fit him in. I think he's going to be incredible for you guys this season. But because you took you took him, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the same thing. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go for Caicedo. I think oh, wow, he okay. is gonna he- become that next defensive midfield general that people want out their team. Um, mm. I just think he's very good. I watched him live in the first game of the season um, against United at Old Trafford. And oh, the well, way he moved around the pitch, incredible. I think he's definitely someone someone to look out for when it comes to really uh, good player. The, the breakout star of the season. 100%. 100%. Um, do you know what? Let's add this one in as well. It's not Premier League, but you know what? Give me one name to win the Champions League this season. One name, that's it, quickly, because we need to move on. PSG. PSG. You're PSG. not just saying that because we've got a game on now, yeah? I think you say, yeah, better manager, team is structured for the top ballers to perform. I think it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, for me, I, I said it last week, I'm not going to change. I hope I'm wrong. Manchester City, bro, I think they're going to do the double. It's very depressing as a United mm. fan to say that, but they they look so good. They look so, so good. You think Haaland's their missing piece? The biggest thing for me is not just that. It's that month he's going to have off while everyone else is getting tired in in the World Cup. And he's off. And he's going to come back and be even more deadly. And he he could genuinely break Ronaldo's record this season in goals if he stays fit. Fitness is the question mark with Haaland always. As long as Pep doesn't do any stupid tactics, Mm. uh, I think they win it. Moving on to the world of the NBA. And, the, I mean, there's nowhere else to go apart from the big news um, last week that Donovan Mitchell has finally been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and a move that was coming for a long time. And, you know, they had their crazy demands before it. We've seen Donovan Mitchell now move to the Cavaliers for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markin, and Ochai Agbaji in addition to three first-round picks and two pick swaps, a massive package. Mm. Basically, seven first-round picks, essentially what, what they asked for. They've basically got Colin Sexton as well. That's a big one for them. But I ask you this. Yeah. Who's the winner from that trade? Utah, who now don't have a team that's ready to go all the way in the playoffs, are really challenged, probably not even make the playoffs. But they've got a nice young core and they've got picks. Or... Cleveland, who have probably traded away a third of of their their quality, but now they have a very very good backcourt. Yeah. Who do you think for you is is the winner out of that trade? I think not many fans would agree, but I would have to say Cleveland. I think a lot of people would agree, bro. I think they've got an absolute elite basketball player in their team. I think he's going to do really well from the season, and him being their star, their focal player to go to I think it's a no-brainer for him because even at Utah he was their main go-to guy I think he'll have a really good season for him and bear in mind he's still got good enough players around with him for example like Alan. I think he'll do really well with him it just depends what they're going to do in the season and where do you think they're going to finish it yeah I think Jarrett Jarrett Allen is obviously yeah. a crucial player for them still I think for me it's more about that backcourt now you have Garland and Mitchell as your backcourt. Yeah. Very balanced. 
Mm. Very young from Garland's point of view. Mitchell can become that kind of mature presence that's kind of been there and done it a little bit. Obviously, hasn't really gone that far, but he can still be that that guy who can carry them through maybe the first couple of games in yeah, the playoffs. He has the experience that none of them exactly. Have. Listen, you've got you're talking about Mitchell here. You know, averaging twenty six four and five. Garland twenty two three and eight. A solid, solid backcourt to build your team around. There are arguments that would also say that the East is maybe a slightly easier route mm. in the playoffs. Yeah. Therefore, you know, obviously you've got Giannis, who's the, 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 the big question mark for anyone that wants to get out of the playoffs. But I think if you were to prefer one to have a young, growing team, it would definitely be the East. And I think now they've got that good back. I agree with you 100%. The Cavaliers are the winners. Where do Utah go from here? Because, you know, we've seen them now trade away Rudy Gobert. We've seen them trade away Mitchell. That's essentially their core. Their core, maybe a lot of people would argue, wasn't even good enough to really challenge anyway, but that is their core gone. They are now fully in a rebuild. The problem when you're rebuilding is Utah. You're not really an attractive destination to a lot of people. So them picks are really, really, really going to have to pay off. Mm. Because they're not going to be able to trade with them because no one is going to want to go there. But they could get lucky in the draft with it. Do you you think it's going to take them a while to... Build up. Rebuild. Yeah, because yeah, for me, I'll be honest 100%. with you, in my opinion, I think it's going to take them a while. I don't think we're going to see Utah being as relevant. Yeah, I, I, they had no choice but to trade him, I think. But it's going to be a, long, a long-term long project for them, don't you think? Uh, 100% agree with every point you said there. I think it will take them a couple of seasons for them to get back to where they were. By where they were, I mean with Donovan Mitchell. I don't think they have... I don't think they have good enough players to even push them towards the Western Conference maybe within a year or two. I think it'd take three years maybe. It just depends on how they do with the picks. Whether they... Do you know what I think would be hilarious? You go for it. Utah, no one rates it. What would be hilarious for me if they flopped the next couple of years, they are probably going to aim for a lottery pick in the draft. What would be hilarious to me is if they somehow in 2024 draft Bronny James because oh. there is no way, even with his son there, that LeBron, LeBron plays in yeah. Utah. Be- no. But that would be so hilarious for that to be a scenario. I think that's a really good point you've made with Bron. Uh, I think Cleveland now, they're missing just a small forward. And who else? But yeah, I, I agree. James. I don't think LeBron back goes to back. Listen, I, I'll be honest. Last season and the season before, with the team they have, with the young players they have, Le- you know, Cleveland actually drafted amazingly well in the yeah. last couple of years. I think LeBron James going back there this summer would have meant them probably, you know, pushing for a finals place. But I think with him signing the, with new the contract picks now yeah. gone, him signing a new contract, yeah. I do think that's the end of that. I would have would have been nice to see him go back again mm. uh, and see what he can do with a young crew. But yeah, he's going to be dictated with where Bronny, Bronny gets drafted yeah, ultimately. for sure. Ultimately. It was very quick for the NBA this week. There wasn't, obviously, uh, a lot apart from that. What we are going to move on to is previewing the NFL NFL season. Finally here. Thursday night, it all kicks off. The defending champions, Rams, and they're facing the Bills on Thursday night. Usama. Yeah. Been a long time coming, bro. Um, It's been way too long. So, tell me, first of all, we've seen how the preseason has been moving on. A lot of young players getting their chance, but, you know, the established players coming in in the last couple of weeks, we're getting there now. If I asked you now, just 
straight up give me a nice little preview on who your favorite for this season is going to be. Who do you think is the favorite to win it all? Uh, I think the Bengals might go on and do it this season. You think they have what it takes to run it back? Yeah, I think they were unfortunate in the Super Bowl not to win. But I think they can go back. Do you, do you think Joe Burrow's got what it takes to go back to back? Going back to back in your first couple of full seasons as a quarterback is, is very tough. Mm. I, I like the additions they've made. So I can see where you're coming from. But mm-hmm. I, I can't really put them up there for me personally as a favorites because, number one, listen, the conference they're in, they are, it's just so, so, so stacked mm-hmm. that for any team to come through that conference, they have to, you know, be exceptional. To, well, who's to, your to go-to? Make, listen, my want, go-to... One, one answer, that's it. And I... These guys are my team's rivals, essentially, but I think it's the Bills' year, finally. Ah. Finally. Wow, okay. Fifth time lucky, I think. Listen, they have now, essentially, they might not have added a huge amount. Yeah. But I think the the level of their players now are is at an apex where all their players are close to their peaks. I think Allen now is going to probably be in contention again for that MVP trophy. For me, it's... I think the way they lost in the divisional round was heartbreaking for me. Obviously, you know, the the Chiefs lost in the same way in, in the conference finals. Mm. But I do think they have what it takes. A part of that is because of how tough the AFC West is. Now... Okay. The Bills, I don't think we'll have any trouble getting out of the AFC East. I think they get through the Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets quite comfortably. But because the AFC West, all the favourites, or most of the favourites, are basically in there, with Wilson getting that new contract now at the Broncos, you've got Mahomes, uh, you've got Justin Herbert with another season under his belt. They're going to be so tired by the end of the season from playing each other that it's mm. either going to make or break them. That's actually a fair point. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the level of intensity that that Mahomes or Herbert will face if they win the, the division mm. is so high that it could carry them through the playoffs, but it could also absolutely tire them by the time to they get the, to the yeah. playoffs that they might not have what it takes to go all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think that's where the rest that the Bills, Bills. will have mm. will really come into to effect. That's actually a really good point. I didn't actually think about it. So, so from the uh, from the NFC side, okay, who do you think uh, for you is 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 kind of the the favorite on that side of things? Do you think that Brady, you know, will kind of push all the way with the Bucks this year and and get them to a Super Bowl again, or do you think finally, finally, age is going to catch up with him? I, I, for me personally, I think last year was like that's a that's a, that's a final for him. I don't think he's going to do as well as he's done in the previous years. Now it's time for him just to earn his paycheck and, yeah, call it a day. I think they've kept with the strategy of getting players who people doubt but have had amazing No, careers. yeah, obviously I think and everyone knows think, he's good. But. No, 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 I'm, I'm more about the players around him as okay. well. But for me, it's the question mark with Brady isn't his quality. I think his quality is there. I think it's, the question marks are around how he's 
essentially been pushing to leave in the last in, in yeah. the summer. And for me, when a player is like that, I question how committed they are. Okay. And I think that might be the one thing that holds them back. I do think that the the listen, at the end of the day, the NFC is obviously weaker than the yeah. AFC. Everyone knows that. Yeah. For me, I'm very interested to see how the Cardinals do. Oh, okay. Kyler's got that contract now. Yeah. There's no more ifs, buts, maybes with that contract. It's time to deliver. And the do question you think mark he's deliver? for me, listen, I look at that division and I think it's very realistic for the, for them to 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 get to the Super Bowl out of there. You know, who who really for me is a, a team that challenges them? The Cowboys, like the Cowboys, they're, they're like Spurs. They're going to let you down. It's just a question of when. Is it before the playoffs? Is it in the playoffs? You know, the what Seahawks are, are in rebuilding mode. Rams. Packers, obviously. The, the Packers are obviously always going to be there and thereabouts. Mm. The Rams, like you just said, are obviously the other team that I think yeah. will probably be there, be sure. there mm. or thereabouts. But for me, the, the question mark with the Rams is... The players that they've lost over the summer, have they replaced them well enough? And if not, then will they be able to carry that momentum through to the Super Bowl? I do question it. I do question mm. it. And then there's obviously, for me, the biggest question of all for me this season, or this early part of the season at least, is what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Are oh. the Ravens finally going to pay him? Because this guy's been waiting for a contract for two years. And the amount of quarterbacks that have been paid since it's stupid is is amazing and mm. all of them keep getting bigger contracts and it keeps making his position better but at the end of the day are they going to pay him or not i think if they pay him and he's all in he adds to the competition mm. in the afc if not I, I think they struggle i think he might even tell himself that i might have um, to make yeah. a move now to a team that's going to take me seriously i can't wait listen next week will be our first weekend of reacting to week NFL. one of the yeah. nfl season obviously like we said the bills play the bills playing the rams are on thursday night to kick it all off and then again sunday night what a ticket we have and the standout for me is is you know the the nine o'clock game and the mid the 1am game cardinals versus the chiefs and the cowboys versus the buccaneers two standout games for me mm. on sunday that we are definitely going to be talking about next week so I, I can't wait for that. Sama, it's been a pleasure having you on this week, bro. Like always, it's been an absolute honor being here. And thank you again, guys, for listening this week. Make sure to keep your likes, your shares, your comments coming through. Tell us your opinions about our opinions. And until next time, keep it locked.